I just take off sprinting towards the 18-wheeler, and I'm running. I thought it was water. I'm running through, and then I smell it's gas. There's gas, like a Die Hard movie, all over the ground. So I'm like, oh, my God, this is awful. So I get through that, and then when I get to the car, this kid was, I don't know, man, probably eight, and he's in a uh, child seat, and he's, and he's in shock. He's going, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I'm like, you're not going to die, buddy. not going to die. But I can't get the door open, so I broke the glass through, and then I pull him through. I think we're going to look back on social media and like cell phones in like 10 years and be like, oh, I can't believe we just let this be the Wild West. Like the people that commit suicide, the, the depression, people have the, the, the uptick in therapists, like it's all social media, man. Because now we're comparing ourselves to everybody and the negativity, like go on a YouTube comment on something you love, like there's no way someone's going to hate on Mozart. You go to the comment, even a Mozart or fucking like uh, some great song, whatever song you like, go read the comments. So it's like, holy shit, How, who hates on this? So it's just like, and, the, and a lot of people are, you know, hurt people, you know, hurt. That's what they do. So those people aren't happy with their lives. So they're just, whatever it is, it's triggering. Something you're doing is triggering them. Is that freak you out for like, as a father? Because I don't have kids, I have nephews and I think about. Like I'm a grown man, I could I like to think I can handle it a little differently than a developing child. A, ch- a child going to that world of social media freaks me out. Oh, awful! It freaks me out. Awful, especially yeah. now being born into it. Like I, I wasn't know. born into it. Me, me neither. You know what I mean? So I, I was more on like the cusp. I'm 89, but I at least had some taste of that world. A normal childhood. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we play outside. Good. Now it's not good. I mean, I fought with my wife like my son's birthday cake, or we're surprising him. He's coming down the stairs. She has her phone. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, not who's this for? We're here, man. And like, if you go to a concert, any concert, everyone has their phones out. It's, they're like, we're living in simulations. Like, you choose to, because you're at, let me get this straight. You're at the concert, but you're viewing it through your phone. Stay home, you fucking idiot. You're at the concert. You know who are you airing? And who's like, oh, yeah, Greg's at whatever, Travis Scott. Yeah. Like, who's watching? That? Exactly. Like, think, hey, can you leave it on the whole three hours? Like, Dude. what are you doing? Especially, I, I used. To, I feel like I used to take videos once, and then I realized I don't even fucking watch these. I, I, I look at my phone. I, I'm like, why do I have this video of yeah, a song? I, can't even, I don't even watch it. So what the, I, I don't like post it. Like go to zoos and take pictures of the animals. Like, hey, bitch, listen. Unless it's in the wild, do not send me a picture of a rhinoceros at the zoo. It's just depressing. To be I honest. can go there. Yeah, and get the picture. <laughs> and also, it's for my friends out there. If you're on vacation. Don't send me a picture of Fiji. I can Google better pictures. <laughs> I, what are you doing? For real, for real. But Brent, thank you for being here, man. Appreciate it. Of course, you. man. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty badass to have you sitting next to me. And I do want to ask. I, I've, you know, I've hounded you to try to, you know, invite you on this podcast, mm-hmm. and you graciously said yes. Was there anything in particular? that, interested you in because i feel like usually when people have a willingness to do it maybe there's some interest in the conversation a loss or whether it's experience or fascination none of that, none of that. I'm, i mean i'm open-minded to all topics so um obviously the title of your show i knew it was going to be about death and stuff like that which is i'm always down to talk about so many people helped me out when i was coming up so it's, you know i give back that's just my thing to do i you know i don't i don't know if you have a one listener or 700 million i don't know i don't care you know, so many people helped me out coming up. So many people. So that's the, it's the, it's what I do, man. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I've had some, you know, I've had some people on this podcast that have been a, pre- a pleasure to speak to, but someone like you, I guess I'm just interested in speaking to you. Cause I've well, been, let's you know, see how it goes. Yeah. Well, we got, you might be like, wow, that was a mistake. Well, yeah. I got Liam on the audio that you just didn't you know, flag it down. Because all, all he talked about was dicks. The <laughs> <entire time. laughs> 
<laughs> hey man, that's about death. Dead dicks. That's You're what like, man, about. I know Brendan was gay. Oh, talking- <laughs> <laughs> I guess talk about erectile dysfunction. It's yeah. kind of like a dead dick. You're like, hey, you know, this isn't a erectile dis- dysfunction <laughs> podcast. I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, a lot of my listeners are, are women, so you know, uh, that's a good start. Right? I just hope you guys are cool with that. We're talking about erectile dysfunction. Yes, and that, man, it's a good thing I did the show because my entire audience is real cock fat. <laughs> so this is a perfect balance. We're, we're bringing them together. We're talking about the division in the world. We're not going to get into that. And like now, we're bringing it together. Right yeah, here. I'll walk out to whatever tour date I'm on. I'll walk down. It's like oh, it is a real cock fest out. <laughs> it is. It's like a biker rally. There you yeah. go. But I'm getting more women out there. There's some more coming. What does that in mean? In the past, you- like two years, more women have came. By more, I mean like one or two. What is no, that? Uh, I think I, it's definitely not me and Brian Callen's show, Fire and Kid. It's definitely not any show I do on Thick Boy. I would assume it's uh, Theo Vaughn's fan base and Chris D'Elia's. Because uh, I've always been heavy male demo, like, dude, like 90% to 10% women. And then Theo and Chris are much more female friendly. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, because those guys are my brothers and we do shows together. So I, I would assume it's that. Right. And so it's... It's a good transition, actually, because a lot of, you know, I have, I've, I think it's like 60, 40, 70, 30 men, women, uh, women to men on wow. my show. And I, it's, I'm trying to, I'm not forcing to change that. I want to, and I think speaking to you is a perfect example that you're willing to talk about this. And, you know, you're, what are you, like six, four? Six, like, four. You, you know, you're a man's man in many yeah. ways. So it's like the fact that you're willing to talk about this. I'm not trying to get you to cry or anything. I but, probably will. I cry now. I have kids. I've always been sensitive that I have kids. I mean, I can do it on a fucking dime now. Oh, we yeah. should work that. Out. We should have talked that before. We got like yeah. a minute thirty-two. Not, yeah, I'm dead easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's and that's one of the, we, and the many things I want to talk about. But the fact that you have kids is as you not being here anymore or having that conversation with them been more prominent in your head at all that you have kids? Are you more sensitive towards the fact that you might leave them on their own? Yeah, I, I haven't thought about death that way. It's nice as, uh, how busy I am. For those of you who don't know, I do like 19,000 podcasts and then stand-up touring. So between everything I do, I, I haven't had time. Like, I can't remember last time I've had a time just like think about that stuff, That's what which I'm is here. a blessing. Yeah, but let, we can talk about death and probably start a will uh, during the show. But um, I need life insurance. But no, I think the way that it affects me is I'm not like a crazy risk taker, but I'll, you know, I'll take the, I fight grown women to steal kids in my underwear for a job, you know? So that's pretty risky. And I played football for literally since I was in fourth grade. My dad signed me up for tackle football in fourth grade. Thanks, dad. Um, CT in fourth grade. But uh, <laughs> I'm a risk taker in certain aspects. Like, um like I, I, I ride, I, I ride uh, mountain bikes all the time, and then I get into road bikes. And my, uh, I always drive down to Panga when I used to work for Showtime. My office was, well, my studio was in Santa Monica, and where I live in the valley, I would take Topanga Canyon, and then PCH was like the best drive ever. If you've never done, if you have a cool car, it's the best drive ever. And I'd always see bikers on them like that. This would be such a dope ride. So then that's what got me into road bikes. So I was road biking all the time, and uh, I would post about it, and so would people like, dude, it's so dangerous, so dangerous. I'm like, road biking? You know what I used to do for a living, dude? Wasn't worried about it. I'd see this gentleman. I, I didn't even know his name. Gary or something? I'm trying, Dave, Gary or David? And he was going, he was always, at the, we, I'd do it every morning, he'd do it every morning. I'd be going down, he'd be coming up, and we'd like wave at each other. And there's always a group at the end of the Topanga Canyon before you hit PCH. And I go one day, and I saw him two days in a row, and then uh, we didn't say a lot. We just always wave. And I get to the bottom of that group. And I'm like, hey, where's uh, whatever's that? Gary at? I'm like, oh, you didn't see? Him? I'm like, what? Like, he died, man. Yeah, he, oh, he died yesterday. He got hit by a car. I was like, really? Like, yeah. I was super sad. And I was like, 
I can't do this anymore. If I don't have a kid, I literally be like, damn, that's terrible. It's never happened to me. But now I have kids, I'm like, not worth the risk. I can't die on a road bike because I got these two little humans banking on me, you know? And like, if I did die, what a terrible, I mean, what a stupid way to die, you yeah. know? Out of all the things I've done, like, what a stupid way to die. So I don't, I don't do that dangerous stuff anymore. I won't jump out of planes. I don't hang out after shows, like, especially in dicey cities. Like, I don't go out. And if I didn't have kids, I'd be probably wild. Right. To be honest, I'd be you know a little more out of control. Yeah, like I said, I don't have kids, so I I, I only understand that perspective to like my nephews and nieces and all that shit. But um, it's a it's a wild shift of perspective to think about it like that. And in regards to your kids, what's your opinion on that com like that the three and seven? Is that what it was? Three or, and seven. Three yeah. and seven. Is that a conversation? Three and six. Son will be seven in February. To be clear. Got it. Okay. No, well, you guys care. Everyone's like, thank you. Perfect. No, I was, I, I was going to, that was going to be the difference of the description of the yeah. show. So, but, God um, damn. <laughs> what, what is that conversation? Is that a conversation you've had with your kids? And I think it's so fascinating. At what point is that? Cause that's, it's life. You know what I mean? And it's kind of a dark, it's a, it's a little heavy for a three and seven year old. I mean, did I let my three year old watch the new Dahmer show on Netflix? Yeah, I did. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> no, hell no. At three, definitely not. Like, He's excited about bubbles. I'm like, you like bubbles, huh? Hey, man, let me tell you something about death, buddy. You <laughs> well, know? Didn't you say you lost Did you lose your grandmother? Uh, recently lost my uh, grandma on my dad's side about uh, a month ago. And then uh, before that, years prior, like probably, see, my son's going to be so about seven years ago, I lost my uncle, who's like my North Star. He's like, like I'm like an alley cat version of him. And then... Probably four years before that, I lost the grandma, uh, my mom's side grandma, who I was really close with, really close with. But so when it comes to kids, I get, like to them, like they're so innocent. I don't want to darken them yet. Like there's going to be that talk. Like my son's starting to ask about religion and stuff. Thank God for Google, right? Like like he's that. asking, he's like, Dad, what's the difference between, you know, Jews and Catholics? I'm like, that is a great question, buddy. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to get to it after dinner. He's like, why? I'm like, just cause. And then while he's eating, I'm like literally like researching. So I, <laughs> so I seem smart as shit. Thank God for phones though, dude. Cause my dad just lied. <laughs> my dad was just full of shit. Like now that I'm getting older. I'm like, my dad liked so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually just, I never thought about that aspect of it. We have so much, we just look at it and not fuck up that answer of being a father as opposed yeah, to like 30 you don't years have to ago. Bullshit your kids anymore. What do you remember from the people that you lost in regards to how you handled it? He said, which one were you closest to? Uh, I was closest to my grandma on my mom's side because um, I don't know, you know, my other grandma was super religious. We'll get to her death. And I actually was jealous that how religious she was on her like dying days. But then the to answer your question, I was really close with my grandma on my mom's side. She was English, like born and raised in England. Moved to the States when she was like, I don't know, 30 years old, like full-blown accent, very English. Like I drink tea with milk and sugar, like super English. And uh, she was a negative person. Now I look back and I've asked my mom this. I'm like, hey, grandma suffered from like bipolar depression, right? Like there was some, I remember being like seven. She's like, I just want to die. And I was oh, like, oh, cool. It's just you and me here, man. You know, it's like, I'm watching Leave It to Beaver, lady. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're talking about death. So, uh she, I was close with her because my mom was always like, and now she'd be a revolutionary. She'd be, you know, you know, people are, you're so brave. My mom never gave into like the, the foundations of regular schooling. Like, and my mom's really educated, very smart person, has read all the fucking books she can name. Very smart lady. And, uh, I'd be like, I'd fake like I was sick. And I, I know when my kid's fake and I know my mom. Now I have kids. I'm like, oh, they knew. 
I thought I was fooling everybody. My mom, I'd get sick, and she would just drop me off at my grandma. So I spent all this time with my grandma. Thank God I did. But when she was uh, literally on do- death's doorstep, they were like, she has like one or two days. I talked to her, and I was getting ready. I was in the UFC at the time. I think I, uh, I was coming off my first loss in the UFC. So I was ranked in the top 10. I went over Mirko Krokop in New Jersey, put me in the top 10. I was like nine in the world. And then they gave me uh, Noguera in Brazil. And I was told if I beat Noguera, I'm going to fight Brock Lesnar. So I'm like, oh, we're going Sizzler. I'm going to destroy this old Brazilian dude. And so I'm getting ready to fight. Uh, uh, so I, lo- I lost Noguera heartbroken first like major loss on that level like that big pay-per-view level which is a lot to deal with but that also we were talking about off there that helped me prepare for the hate that i get now so i lose that fight i'm heartbroken they give me another fight and they give me ben rothwell and i look back and i'm like jesus christ they weren't doing me any favors but I, I was in camp for that my grandma knew how important it was and she watched all my fights she was like such a fan she'd always tell me like throw the hammer and then my grandma she was like you know on death's doorstep and then she was like, if I have a funeral, I want you to know it's it's okay if you don't come. Like, you missing training to beat this dude is way more important than you coming to a funeral that I'm not even going to be at. She said, I'm not there. She's like, the family's going to give you a ton of shit. Forget all that. Let them say whatever they want to say. I'm telling you, focus on this fight. And so I didn't show up. And I have family members that still don't talk to me. Really? Crazy. They Crazy. know that story, too, the conversation she had with you? They do now. And there's no... Nothing. So you still sit with that? I don't care. I literally don't care. I mean, I shouldn't say that. It's fucked up. It's not that I don't care. Like, my Uncle Charlie, I was really close with. I don't hear a lot from him. He was... Him, like, my mom's side is where I got my comedy from, and he was so funny, so I give him a lot of credit. But, uh, you know, what can you do? Yeah, it's kind of contradicting. I haven't had that experience, but when she gives you the blessing to do that, you can't feel any... You shouldn't feel any guilt, but is there any just natural response to like, do you haven't, do you, are you, are you cool with this? Yeah, I'm cool. Yeah. yeah. I have no guilt. I mean, yeah. I lost the fight. That's what's crazy. I lost the fight. And yeah. even then I was like, yeah, grandma, I, my grandma was gangster. Even then, you know, you're talking old school London, like to say that went through gangster. World War, you know, two World War one, like had a bunker in her backyard. If they were bombing, they'd go into his kids. Like she's just a tough lady, man. Yeah. My grandpa tough too. So I know both of them are like, we get it. Dude. Do that. Yeah, I mean, she's seen, she's probably, she's seen some shit and lived yeah. through some shit where she realized, I, the less, I think the lesson right there is besides her trusting you to, you know, doing that and she was aware you're going to, you dealt with some shit with that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, she probably saw so much death and lost her. She realized that life goes on after that. And Hopefully. What? After, well, you I mean, after, after you. Yeah, does, whole, yeah. After, what, what do you th- yeah, I'm saying like you being still like, she's gone, but like you still got shit to handle. Yeah, you know, she she's was like, this is more important. Like yeah. these funerals suck. And I think that's We've never been a crunk funeral. Like, yeah. None of the funerals are a blast. You what, know? Funer- what funerals? None of them. Oh, none they're of them. No, 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 no. When I pass, like I tell my family, have a party, man. Like, yeah. Do your thing. That's the way. I think that should be, it should be a different dynamic of what we're, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, don't play my first special. By then I'll have like four <laughs> or five. Don't play that first one. Okay? But maybe two years in, be cool. Maybe your first special, if you're saying it's like that, would be appropriate for a funeral. Yeah, maybe. We're like. <laughs> Well, you still don't have to hear that. I always you know? think about eulogies. It makes me think like eulogies everyone speaks about so positive of the person, but I'm like, some people that die are, are assholes. So it's like, I've never seen a negative eulogy. Yeah, give some truth. Yeah, give some, like, yeah. hit them with. I'd like that. Yeah, would you, would you want like a roast at the. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Theo. And Theo selling merch out the back. He's selling like his Rat King death merch or whatever. <laughs> Chris D'Elia is selling his merch. <laughs> Brian's for sure already passed. You I know? think that's so the move. Like, I think we just said that. Now the fire and kid are in heaven. <laughs> 
I think we need to get the will right now. Can you guys get a piece of paper? I doubt both of us are in heaven. Maybe one of us. <laughs> Brian just recently got religious, so he's closer than me. Recently? Yeah, recently. Wait, did something happen? Yeah. Is that, I don't know if that's no, appropriate to speak about, about. No, he's talked about it in the show, so I feel like I'm okay to talk about it. Yeah, Brian, you know, he had an issue with, with the Me Too movement, got canceled and lost, you know, everything. He lost mm-hmm. everything, and there's no validation to it, and it was off a tweet, and I, I didn't realize at the time how big of a deal it was going to be for him, and uh, he lost everything, man, and he was in some dark places, and, you know, Brian's 50-something years old, 55, I think, damn near 54. Yeah, you don't look it. I know, he looks great and has more energy than I do, God bless him, but he— uh, yeah, all of a sudden he got religious through going through that. I, I think he had to, to be honest. Is that what it t- I mean, that's what it takes. I haven't heard someone having the best time in their life and say, like, oh, I found God while I'm sitting pretty. Yeah, not too much. Ba- well, it depends. There's a balance there. Like the real rich, like, well, the only way this has happened is it has to be a higher being. So praise God. Yeah. Like, I guess. What do you, what, I mean, what well, do you it's think? like only rich people, I always say this, only like billionaires think we're in a simulation. Only rich people go in a simulation because go ask the lady cooking the waffle fries at Chick-fil-A with four kids and her back hurts and sketchers. Ask her if we're in a simulation. What do you think should we do? Should we in hell? Uh, no, I don't think it's hell. We're, well, we, we're headed there with social media and the government. But um, I don't know what we're, you know, I, I, shit, if I knew, dude. I'm, yeah, what do you think happens? I'm, I'm probably too busy to do the pod. Yeah. I'd be so rich <laughs> if I knew. What happened, like, happens after you're talking about I'm just saying in general, like if it's a simulation, if I could prove that, are you kidding me, dude? Yeah, I, w- I'm w- I wonder why all those, I just feel like those rich people found found something of what works and it seems like it just operates like a mechanism and they, therefore they think it's a simulation. Unless they just or, know or, something. Or they think they're too fortunate, like there's no way, I, like those billionaires, it's really only like billionaires say we're in a simulation. Like, you know, was, like we're in a simulation. Like, well, you have a hundred billion dollars, dude. So the only way that I think they can deal with that like, all right, I have $100 million or $100 billion. I just bought Twitter. I can buy whatever I want. And then there's kids starving in Africa. We're in a simulation. It just doesn't seem real. No. For them, it's a way to cope with it. Yeah. And then also, even if you believe it's simulation, okay, cool. Who created the simulation? I'll wait. <laughs> Who created the simulation that yeah. we're in? So this this is simulation and whatever. There's like tubes stuck in us and we're all in whatever, some machine. Who created that? And let's say there's aliens. Well, who created them? There's, there's that. No matter what you believe in, and I'm not like an atheist or religious person, but there has to be some creator, right? I mean, something you think, and, and has to be. as this as this podcast goes, you know, I'm, I'm I'm talking to all different stories, and I'm open to whether I believe it or not. Doesn't matter. Like, tell me what you think. And I've gotten like I've seen so many comments now when I talk when I have near death experiences on, or someone mentions the word God. It's like everyone is so quick to dismiss whatever someone else believes if they don't believe it. It's like, we don't know. Oh, that's like, the problem with society. You don't fucking know. No, that's the problem with society. Like, especially when it comes to death and what happens. Like, you can have your beliefs, and maybe there's some clues here and there as to why you believe Nobody that. Nobody knows. But it's like, we don't. And you're going to argue? You can believe it. Which yeah. Is, believe what you want. Yeah, it's not like a flat earth situation. I'm like, I feel like people can kind of prove that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a different type of thing. Yeah, that's but a little it, more. But that's the problem with society. It's like, and it's tribal. It's really tribal. And it, you know, civil civilization has done it forever where they take care of their own. And if you're not fully in on the tribe, you're an enemy, but now it's crossed over to everything, politics, social media. So it's like, if I say, I don't know what the next big UFC is, but the one far out, let's say Makachev versus uh, Alex Volkanovsky, which is the big, you know, uh, title fight at 155. Let's say I pick Alex Volkanovsky. The, the Makachev fans are me furious and call me an idiot. And you don't know what you're talking about. Right. So it's like that's with anything. Politics. 
just because I agree on this thing, well, that doesn't agree with what they think. So everything is wrong. For an outcome that's not solved it's, yet. It's, it's, not, it's just crazy, man. Where there's no compassion. There's no like, well, like I, like I told you, you guys could be, I mean, granted, outside, if you were like a Nazi or Satan worshiper, but outside that, like whatever, Jewish, I don't give up any, I don't, that doesn't make you who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you and I could be on the polar uh, spectrum as far as politics go. I don't, I don't care. It doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah, I mean, think about the people you already know not to get into politics, but like, yeah, I've, I have people that I disagree with, but I don't define that one position or two positions as who they are as entirety. Yeah, I don't know when politics and this stuff became personal, you know? I think once, I, I think it becomes personal once you identify as that idea or yeah, that policy, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like you, yeah. like, that becomes a part of you yeah. as opposed to like this idea in you and that's separate. Yeah. Once it becomes emotionally attached and it's like, then it feels personal. Yeah, it's weird. It's not good. It's not good. Um, that the we're one, in a simulation. Maybe you think that's, yeah. I hope so. to deal with it. I think that'd be, that'd make more sense for a simulation. It'd be heartbreaking. Yeah, trust me. Listen, you're not, when you have kids, you're not in simulation. There's something there you can feel that where it's bigger than you. Yeah, it's bigger I, yeah. than you. And like, I, I've never met anybody in my life who I'd die for. You know what I'm saying? And to steal Ryan Reynolds' line, he's like, I thought I'd be willing to die for my wife, right? And I thought she was the most important thing. And then those two babies came in this world. I would use her body as a shield to protect those kids. And he ain't lying. I, you know, my wife's great. But yeah, same thing. Use her as a shield. Yeah, that's uh, that's another level, I guess. I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about whether I want kids or not. It's a whole other fucking yeah. rabbit hole. But I can, I can see that it's a glimpse of my nephews. It's and a nieces. different animal. It's a different animal, different but, game. And regards to, I know we just, you just mentioned your children, but that story that I heard, if you don't mind me bringing up, that which people have, I'm sure that are listening have heard already. But that 18 wheeler story, <laughs> I, I want to bring that because obviously you saw someone. You saw a body in real life, yeah, and not to get gruesome with it, but I feel like I've I've never seen like an actual live and at, at the moment happen like that. Yep. Besides the funerals, mm-hmm. so what does that do with your your mental and how you? This is gonna sound super super uh, morbid and dark, but from watching so much like murder docs, serial killer docs, like First Forty Eight, all that crazy stuff online, World Star Hip Hop, some stuff on the dark web. Once you you come conditioned to it. It was almost, you know, it's like uh, watching an episode of American Horror Story. It really like, transfers like that? A you? little bit prepares you, but then it's like, it does mess you up, your psyche up a little bit. Like, I was pretty messed up. After that, I met friends for dinner, and the, and I still had blood on my shirt, and I didn't even notice. And, like, the food came, like, yeah, blood on your shirt. I'm like, holy shit. And then that's when I think it hit me. And I really didn't talk the rest of the night. But uh, I think the thing that affected me more was, um, you know, I always think about, my kids and like if they were in that situation so that's what really messed me up because for those of you that don't know this guy this horrible person went the opposite way on the 101 and uh, loaded up his family his i think four kids and his wife and drove head on into 18-wheeler truck and uh all the kids survived and his dumbass survived but the wife died in the front and then they had a i didn't know this i that spoke to the family afterwards he had a horrible just rap sheet of domestic violence like it was horrible to her and this was the thing but seeing the kids you know yeah it was tough tough one and then the only reason i was on my way to dinner i'm in fucking jeans and gucci boots man. i look like an asshole and then i see uh this little kid waving cars down because it just happened right in front of us and i was like and it looked just like my son in a tank top almost identical same age everything and he's on top of the car which is badass to think about he's waving waving cars down no one's stopping no one's stopping. I'm like, this is nuts. And I go, I'm going to pull over. My girl's like, no, 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 dude, we don't know. I'm like, I'm pulling over, man. 
So, I, it, you know, and my uh, father-in-law's a CHP, and he was a cop too, so he always tells me, like, the side of the highway is the most dangerous area in the world. Don't pull over on the side of the highway, try and get off an exit. So I have that in my mind. My girl's uh, in the car, and then I'm in my favorite car, so I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to lose my favorite car, and my girl's going to be a nightmare. But it was kind of out of the way, but then I was like, also for these kids, somebody has to do something. So then I just take off sprinting towards the 18-wheeler, and I'm running. I thought it was water. I'm running through, and then I smell It's gas, because we hit the 18-wheeler, and 18-wheelers have big gas tanks. There's gas, like a Die Hard movie, all over the ground. And then I don't know if it's true or not, but based off action movies in the 90s, if there's like a spark, that thing goes up you know, like a fucking, like crazy. So I'm like, oh my God, this is awful. So I get through that. And then when I get to the car, uh, that little boy's like, uh, my, my, I go, who else is in the car? And he's like, my brothers, my brothers in the car. I go, how many? He goes, three. All right. And the door's all messed up. And then I go, okay, who else? And he's like, my mom, my mom's in the front. I'm like, all right. Uh, in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna get the mom first to help me with the kids because nobody else is around. There was one Mexican dude there, didn't speak English and the, because the door was dented. He couldn't open it up, but he he's built like, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants, like fat bodies, skinny arms. He's like, yeah, 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 like trying to rip it <laughs> off. And I was like, hey, move out the way. I'll take it from here. Um, but I was like, let me get the mom because she can calm the kids down. And I was like, hey, mom. And I go to look in and Shit. I mean, you're talking brains like fully open, like horrible, <sighs> horrible. And I was like, oh, no. And then, and then I'm like, these poor kids. This kid was, I don't know, man, probably eight, and he's in a uh, child seat, and he's and he's in shock. He's going, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I'm like, you're not going to die, buddy. You're not going to die. But I can't get the door open, so I broke the glass through, and then I pull him through. And to make myself not cry, to make a joke, he was thick. So, like, the glass, like, cut his jeans and stuff. Like, he was too thick to get through the door, the, to the glass. And I'm like, you God, how old are you? He's all eight. I'm like, Jesus Christ, maybe he's on the beans and cheese burritos, buddy. So I get him out. I'm just trying to make myself laugh, laugh at this point so I don't cry on this pod. Um, so I get him out, and then I get his brothers out, and I'm holding the one in shock. And uh, he's like, Mama, Mama. And then he, um, he wants to go to his mom, but I grab him. I'm home like this, and I'm trying to think of things that kids are into. And it just came, I'm like, oh, you like, I was thinking of a movie. I'm like, you like Moana? Like, that's your shit, right? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what's your favorite song from Moana? And then I'm, I see a lady come and um, I'm try, there's one more kid left in the car. And I, I hand her the bigger kid and she's like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, right. And uh, I go uh, again, <laughs> just trying to make myself laugh. No, it's good, uh, it's I hate to be comical on a horrible situation, but. I I go, there's gas here, get this kid and go that way. And she goes, no, my car's that way. Please trust me, go that way. And she's she's Mexican too, so her English wasn't great. And I go, the kids can't see the mom. They'll never be the same. And it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like the mom where you'd have to really look in there. Like you look in there, it's a game set match for those kids. So I, so, so I said, grab the kid, go that way and around. And she goes, see, see, and he grabs the kid. And then the, I get the other two kids out and they go around. And then I just sprinted back to my car. Did you hang around? You went back and you left after that? I left after that because more people were stopped. And uh, and I kept going, somebody called the cops. And like, everyone's called the cops. Cops are on way. So I'm like, all right, that situation's done. But what was weird at the time, if I could redo anything, is I, and I didn't know this. At the time, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I see this uh, kind of chubbier Mexican dude go, run across the highway. And he jumped over the median, and he's running. And he's in a wife beater. And I see him get hit by a car. Whack! 
Uh, and I'm like, holy shit, he's dead. And my dad was like, he's dead. I keep going, attending to the kids. And then he pops up and he keeps running. I'm like, what in the fuck? What is that, Mexican RoboCop? Like, this is insane, dude. Is that the Mexican Terminator? I'm talking, it wasn't like 20 miles an hour, like beep. It was like, what? And he just he gets back on up. The top, boom, hits head on the, I'm like, he's dead. But this is on the high, on the one-on-one? On one-on-one. On one on one. Okay, there's the car so, going six. Well, everyone's going slow, but that okay, car, right. you know, probably taxing listening to Justin B. Boom. Yeah. And then he was just like Tyson Fury getting knocked out by Deontay Wilder. It was like, wow, like the Undertaker got up and I was like, Damn, you saw so that while that's happening. All that. That happened okay. to be uh so the timing. That happened a wall and run to the car. I see a guy out of Cormai. I'm like, the f- why is he running away? Boom. I was like, he's dead. I keep going. And then I look back, I see him pop up. I'm like, the toughest Mexican I've ever seen. And then I kept going. Like, that's the thought process. Yeah, I was like, that's insane. Good for him. But no, I didn't know that was the dad trying to kill them. So the I get a call from the, because I go on my podcast, talk about it. Then I get a call from the cops, from CHP and the police station in Woodland Hills. They go, hey, we need you to come in for, uh, you know, to document whatever. And they go, uh, also just to confirm the story, and they go, we're getting a lot of calls from TMZ. You know, we just want to confirm this. And I was like, TMZ? They're like, yeah, we just need to confirm the story. And I was like, yeah, and I'll come in. And I said, I want to be clear. I, I'm not doing, please don't tell TMZ I'm coming. I don't do any interviews. I'm not doing this for fit. I don't want anything to do with this man. He's like, I know we just need to confirm your story so it lines up. And he goes, because that dad who did that was saying um, he didn't mean to, and it was an accident. And I was like, oh, no, that's not an accident. He goes, that's why we need you on record. So I'm like, all right, come down there. So I tell the same story I just told you guys. And the cops are listening. The cop has a laptop there and they're listening. He you want to see someone? Like, yeah. I didn't know this. You know, on the highway, every, there's cameras. Every, they're watching, they see everything, dude. It's like Big Brother. Dude, he goes, uh, so he's going, he times it up, hits play, and shows, you know, the accident, and shows my car right behind it. And he goes, that's your car. Goes, that's a GT2 Porsche. He goes, yeah, yeah. There's not many of those. You go, right? And then shows me pull over. And it's not like great HD footage, but you can fucking tell. And then you see me running, and I had a white shirt on, some skinny jeans, and Gucci boots. And he's like, that's you run? I'm like, God, I look like an asshole. And I'm <laughs> running, and I'm like, that's me. And then he's like, yeah, you, you, what you said is exactly what happened, man. And he, and he goes, we have to, we have, he goes, we have to confirm the story because TMZ and, you know, uh, Hollywood and all this stuff is reaching out to us. He goes, unfortunately, we have a lot of celebrities that exaggerate and lie about it. And he goes, and, you know, then we have to deal with it. And they give out like certain details that never happen. It makes, you know, causes us trouble. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this week's episode. I've never done therapy prior to trying out BetterHelp myself and it only took me 33 years to try it, but they made the experience a lot easier to navigate. I'm not going to lie. I always felt a little bit nervous to go to therapy and to do it at the comfort of my own home in sweatpants with the ability to access a vast network of therapists to find the right one for me made it a lot easier. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just need to answer a few questions about your needs and your preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist literally however you feel comfortable, whether it's on the text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. 
With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who's custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and a way more affordable price. We'll give you 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash deadtalks. That's betterhelp.com slash deadtalks. Now back to the show. Does that shit fuck with you in many ways? Because I, I obviously when you Which tell part? that the scene the dead mom kind of everything because I, I and obviously I think you know when you tell this story you, you get emotional from it which is natural but I, I, my, that kid wasn't that fat for the record okay. I'm just trying to make everyone not crying <laughs> no, we need levity myself. in this we need levity was, to mix it up let's just say it wasn't keto right everyone got it kid was not keto are we clear he was in on what the liver king's taking okay oh yeah well we all know that ended, ended up yeah. um. Well, no, because I, like I mentioned before about, I think it's important to see you kind of, when it's dope to see you open up about stuff like that. That's a big premise of the podcast. And I mentioned that men are like a lower, like, or a smaller portion of the listeners here. And I think it's because just men are, we don't open up clearly as much as women. I think that's a problem. I'm definitely not like that. If uh, Do you talk about it? Like When you feel like something, do you, are you, do you keep it with, I'll within? Talk about it. No, I'll talk about it. Uh, uh, that I don't really talk about. I feel like I'm okay, which is weird. If I need therapy, I'd, I have no shame in that. Or if I need to talk about someone about it, I mean, I'm not going to talk to my comic buddy so they create a bit out of it. But uh, I'm good. My my wife was fine. I'm, I'm okay, man. I, I, I promise I'd reach out for help uh, to, to a professional if I needed it. Yeah, I talked about it. If you ever seen... Uh, Not just you, that. You, you have kids. Have you ever seen Shark's Tale? I know of it. Haven't, so I mean, Shark's Tale, the, if you've never seen it, it's a kid's movie. Will Smith is in it. He also slapped somebody in that movie as Legit? a fish. Did he actually? He slaps another <laughs> fish. Yeah. Yeah. You got <laughs> just pre or after? Way pre. This is eight years ago. Yeah, that movie was in hindsight. How has that not been cut up on social media yet? I know, yeah. He slaps another fish. and uh, But in that movie, the, the premise is, is there's, you know, the great white sharks are basically like the alpha males of the ocean. And then the one great white shark wants to be a dolphin. He wants to, like, dance and do silly shit. I'm that great white shark. I look like a great white shark, but in my DNA, I'm a dolphin. Hmm. I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> so you call it all golf or all golf? Yeah, they gay? are. They're one of the only gay mammals. Yeah, you know that. Well, they're all gay. Not they're all of them, but they're just percentage, man. Maybe they're bi. Yeah, they get timeshares in West Hollywood. It's it, crazy. You know, what actually makes sense that <laughs> that if dolphins are the gayest, they're also like one of the smartest, right? Something to think about. You know what I mean? Is that what saying? Something to think about. But I'm just saying, like the, you say, you know, it's like taboo for guys to talk about like their feelings or whatever, yeah. like death or deal with this stuff. Or even I have a bit in my act where I go, I get a new therapist recently, and the women are clapping, and then the guys are like gay. I'm like, that's the problem, yeah. dude. It's not gay. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. You know? Is that stigma towards it? So yeah, but I I think maybe by me talking about it, guys who think they're you know alphas or whatever, like oh, it is kind of cool, you know. But again, I'm I've always since I was little, you know, I've but I was gifted athletically and stuff like that, but I've never really identified with it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like you said, My pronouns are they and them. I saw it's on your Instagram now, right? Yeah. yeah they, okay. them. That's cool. Dolphin. You gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Dolphin. <laughs> they, them, dolphin. <laughs> or D O L. Yeah. What is D what D O L? Uh it's my right, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> if I only called it male dolphin, you call me a male dolphin. Well, so because I like you said, people. I think if you're an alpha male and you're just keeping that shit in, it's going to come out in many other fucked up ways. Oh yeah, that's and, where they lash out. That's where the hate online comes from. What about in, what about in your world with comedians? Because my opinion is, like, I've coped with humor. I'm not a stand up comic by any means, and I think I've humor has been a good part of my coping mechanism. But I see stand up comedies usually their shit comes from dark places. No, 
Would you say that, or is that I, not, not, I, everywhere? I, not everywhere? I, I think so. It's a, it, not everywhere. I mean, I think you have to have some sort of chip on your shoulder, and you know, I've always felt like an outcast. So I think comics, a lot of them are outcasts. As far as the darkness, you're gonna have some darkness. I have some darkness, but. You know, I think there's a misconception where it's like, oh, everyone had bad childhoods and, you know, this and drug addicts. And it's like, you know, musicians too. Like every musician's into heroin. Right. It's like, no, no. The there's really famous ones that had issues for the most part. The comics, like the big comics you guys know, like Bill Burr, Segura, um, Rogan, dude, dude, their their work ethics would put freaking LeBron James to shame. You know, it's like those guys don't have any fucking problems. Now, in their childhood, I'm sure, you know, there's everyone has trauma. You know, even the rich kid in the penthouse in Beverly Hills has trauma to him. That he, that's his perspective. So everyone has trauma. But this idea that every comic's dark and all it comes from, you know, a very dark place, yeah, for some that works, but a lot of them are just normal dudes who are very gifted and funny. Yeah, I always start stuff off is like what I say is a form of expression. So I wonder if it's just literally just if it where it comes from. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, from- I, but I so I think I'm a super opinionated person. So it's like you know on stage, that's the one place where you're not going to get in trouble because when the audience buys a ticket, they agree that not none of this is serious. You're here to laugh by any means necessary. So whether it's left, right, woke, whatever it is, transgender, gay, straight, it doesn't matter. You bought the ticket and you have agreed verbally that nothing, this shouldn't offend you. These are jokes. And it's the one place where, you know, you can get away with it because you can't get away with it on YouTube, can't get away with it on social media, can't get away with it on the news. But in stand-up comedy, that's the one place we've all agreed that, that you can't come for this. In this lane, you cannot come for us. And they try. They still try to come, but it's, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, it's never going to stop. My shoes keep sticking together with the Velcro. Oh, the Velcro. You hear that, right? The Dion's, dude. Yeah, I gotta, school. I gotta, I'm not going to lift my feet up for the camera. Great. Um, I'm kind of taking it back a little bit. When you when you story about your grandmother that you lost with that fight, do you remember Do you remember what afterwards, because I want to keep it on theme in regards to like, do you remember a process of dealing with it or you just kind of, do you just truck on? No, I just truck on. Yeah, did you yeah. ever I think what helps me is even back then, I wasn't as busy as I am now, but I... Uh, I was fighting, so it was like, and I lost that fight, so I was trying to figure out my camp, and I moved to California, and I, it was like a new thing, so it was like, I was so busy, I could put that to the side, and I knew she was cool with the choice, so it was just like, cool, man. It's also, you know, it's what old people do. They die. So is that it? Is it more the fact that you had that conversation with her prior, thinking she was cool, so you didn't feel like you had like a, a process to work I through? think I would have been like that no matter what. Like, I, I'm a guy, and I'm trying to instill this in my kids and my my father did this with me it's in especially in sports but it translates to everything in life is like you know if you throw an interception you're not dwelling on it you're not thinking about that it's on to the next play man so in life it's like i had some tough breaks man and i don't dwell on it at all yeah or people come for me you know other you know people talk shit or whatever and try and create drama on a podcast and social media i will think about that for literally five minutes and i move on it's such a gift, and I don't know how it happened. I'm trying to figure out so I can pass it down to my son. Like, he'll make a mistake, and, you know, his mom's different. His, his mom hasn't had the experience I've had, and she has OCD, so when it's messy, she'll get upset, man. It will affect her mood for a little bit, and then she's working on it, and she'll get over it, and she works hard at that. Dude, my kid could key my Porsche on accident, and I'm like, dang, are you kidding me, dude? Literally, when we get in the car, it's over. I'm like, cool, man. We're still going to Starbucks. You're still getting your stupid cake pop, you know? 
Yeah, that's just, that's interesting because I like I feel like me personally, like, when I have certain things go on, like I'm been going through some shit that I feel like I'm I'm getting frustrated with myself because I thought I'm usually like that person. Like what, dude? I can't be the only one that opens up. Uh, I mean, I'm going through like relationship shit, but other than that, it's like my long term girlfriend. Yeah. We don't, you know, that's too personal. That's too, that's too that's too fresh right now for me to do. Oh, right gotcha. Now. My point is, I feel like I let that shit linger, as opposed to just and and like I I either had the decision of whether it's grief, loss, relationship, or whatever it is. If you're just going through something that's emotionally affecting you, it's like you can distract yourself, whether it's with work, this or that, and that might kind of cover it up. But I, you have to deal with it some. It, at it, some it, point, it'll rear its head. But unless point. you're doing what you're doing, you're able to just let that shit go. Like I threw an I, interception, I'm moving on. Even even when I was single, you know, dating, it was like if they didn't like me, I wasn't like, oh, I'm so ugly or whatever. It's like, all right, not a match to the interception. She, you know, I mean, it's, it's the closer mentality. Man, man defense through an interception. I mean, it's, it's like everything's literally easier said than done, but. There are so many people that don't have that ability where they're just stuffing that shit oh, away. Man, and I, I wish I could come on here and tell you guys yeah, like what the, what's the five sauce? easy steps to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. primal living. Maybe. Buy my protein powder. I'm on steroids, <laughs> right? I wish I could do that. Yeah. But uh, I don't know what to tell you. My dad did it. Yeah. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's nurture. Maybe it's the shit you've gone through where you've just done that so many times. You re- it could just be a perspective. It could be that. It's as simple as that. Yeah. But also, you got to remember too, fighting. Like there's no the, – the valleys and the peaks in fighting, there's nothing like in sports because – in basketball, if you lose a game, you know how many games they play? You get to prove yourself the next game, or maybe you had a good game, but your team still lost in the finals. All good, and then you go to practice, you have another season. Football, same thing. You know, what is it now? 18 games, so college football, whatever. And remember, I played high-level college football, had a cappuccino in the NFL. Like, I had my heart broken a ton of times, man. That's it. But if you dwell on it, that's it, man. The run's over. So for me, it was like, always keep going. What's next? What's next? What's next? And in fighting, man, those valleys are Low, dude. Yeah, how long are you how long are you training for to, for one fight? You know, you especially back then, they have more of a science now where guys are doing like six to eight week camps. So we do like twelve week camps, Just three for months one. for one moment, and then when you get knocked out in your underwear on pay per view in front of millions of people, like those valleys are fucking dark. Yeah, I'm not here to determine how you operate, but I mean, experientially, you're going through some shit that made you have to forget not forget it but kind of like okay address it acknowledge Accept it and then move on and move on yeah. otherwise it's going to define your career and you're you're you know you're never going to win yeah but then I was, i've been like that since i was a kid though you know which helped me for this stuff all right so what we're saying is we have no answer for anyone I, listening I right wish now I, ha- I wish i could help yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> right, well, give us the, I, mean, I don't tell you man no no i mean maybe i'm a sociopath i think if anything yeah you're the one person yeah, maybe i just don't care yeah <laughs> well, maybe i, I don't you, care about anything you have to give you that test yeah um yeah no i think but I, at the same time regardless if you don't have an answer to do it, i think it shows that you can do it <laughs> you know what i mean so if you're going through some shit like that it's uh like, i don't have a fucking answer i don't i don't know i don't know I don't know, but I think you got to go through it. And yep. just, and if you, however you handle it, you got to handle it that way and just understand that however you feel ain't, doesn't mean that it's wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to and look at you're you. not the only one feeling that way. Like There's for a sure. ton of people out there. Yeah, no, for sure. I think everyone just handles it their own way. So, you know, I guess uh, if, we, if you do come up with an answer after the podcast, just, like, just let me know. I'll yeah, put that in the description. News. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post we'll post that down. You but, figured um, it out. But before I, I – listen, I appreciate you, you know, hopping on here, like you said, it, of offering some uh, – you know, you, your name on here does help in, in many ways. So I do appreciate that. And once again, someone like you being willing to talk about something like that will help someone else being willing to talk about Hopefully, that. Hopefully, my man. No, no, for sure. That's guaranteed. So I want to thank you for being on here. Is there anything you want to plug or I know you got your own shit that you no, plug? But... I mean, yeah, no, I'm not even on tour right now. I don't start touring again until January. I'm still waiting for it to be finalized. But um, 
You know, I should be headed up to Canada. I have some dates on there now for next year, but right now I'm just doing spots around LA and focus on the family and chilling, man. Oh, man. Well, congrats to everything and everything you've done. And thank you again. Another episode of Dead Talks, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Later.